talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we are back, Messy Christianity. We have got a tough one today. Uh, let's talk about suicide, taking your own life. Um, this is a topic that has been in the forefront of my mind for several years, and um, I keep circling back around to it because it seems to be a constant, um, uh, a constant reality for people that uh, that I hear about, and even for people that I know about. And you know, one of the privileges of being a pastor is that we we get to be in, engaged in people's life on a different level. You know, they will trust us with things. Uh, they'll say things to us maybe that they won't necessarily say to somebody else, and um, it it is um, it's sobering to know how many people wrestle with this very topic. And I was actually trying to do a little self um, examination if I've ever thought about suicide, and and I think that the answer would have to be yes, but I don't really remember specifics of it. I just know uh, teenage years or college years that must have been a part of my life at some point because I, I think most people consider that and and may, maybe it wasn't really a, a hard thought of I'm going to do this but it was more of a thought of I wonder if it would have been a better that I've never been born I wonder if people would even miss me if I were gone you know how you get into a hole and you start thinking that way um, but according to the CDC um, if I can remember the stats correctly um, and of course these are these are always a couple years behind because they have to do the, the research and then they have to take some time to process and print it According to the CDC, uh, between the ages of 10 and 35, suicide is the second highest, uh, second leading cause of death. Mm. Um, it is the third leading cause of death uh, for all age groups. Now, for 2020, uh, for 2020, some things that I've read said that it was bumped to the fourth cause of death. But regardless, third, second, third, or fourth cause, I, I take that back, for all adults, it would be the tenth cause of death. Um so I, I do remember that. So for the younger age, second, the higher age, for the whole uh, area, the tenth. But regardless, that's still a, a massive chunk of people. That's uh, for for the younger age. What seven out of a hundred thousand, something to that effect. That's a lot. Sure. Um, so so what what's the deal? What what do we what do we do about this? Where do we start? Why do people have now, and by the way, that is successful attempts. Um, if I remember correctly, a million and a half or so every year attempt it yeah. and fail. Yeah. That's a lot of people. So essentially, it's one person commits suicide every seven minutes. One person every mm -hmm. seven minutes. And somewhere around 130 or 140 every day in the U.S. successfully take their own life. What what do we do about this? Where do we where do we where do we start? A start here with if anybody's listening, this is so obvious. But if anybody's listening and uh, is contemplating, um, the, oh goodness, I'm gonna pull it up the national hotline. Yeah, call us. I mean, my goodness, call <clears throat> us and we'll. But I'll pull it up here. Um, it's not a one size fits all issue. No. Uh, so many. I think there's a variety of reasons. For, I don't want to come across an expert on this. Right. We're, right. we're not. Um, but we care. We care. But, you know, mental illness is definitely one. I mean, you hear a number of guys who've come back from, 
I know with the veterans, there's tons. I mean, Twenty-two that, every day. That is the latest huge. stat, and, and and so that's a PTSD. I mean, there's I know there's they've seen stuff, you know. Um, uh, suicide is also very high amongst law enforcement and also uh, first responders, firefighters, uh, 911 operators. Um, very very high. So with well, let me give here's the hotline. Anybody who's listening, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention. Stop um, listening to this now and call, and that, call number. that number. That's right. So, um, you know, so firemen, policemen, soldiers, they've seen stuff, and then, and, and they've, they're holding it. Um, horrible stuff. Horrendous stuff. Um, the worst of humanity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, let's talk about that for a moment. Um there are really not levels, but categories, I guess, of people who commit suicide. Some do it or contemplate it because they're feeling um, alone. They're feeling uh, worthless. Helpless. They're yeah. feeling helpless. Yeah. It, it's a it's a self image thing. Yeah. But this other category of people are people who have seen the worst of humanity, mm-hmm. and it's too much of a burden they feel that they can bear. And what is very important to note is that these are not people who are weak people. No. It's not weak people. We're talking about giants. We're talking about people right. who run into buildings when everybody yeah. else is running the other way. Right. But, there's, but, but the common denominator for all of them is that they all feel isolated and, like, and alone. I think, because I've talked to some of them, I know you are, you do work in the fire department now, but... I've talked to some of these, not here, but over the years. Um, part of that same thing that makes them that hero that runs into that burning building also is kind of can be the downfall too, yeah. because it's like I'm a man, you know, and I'm gonna or I'm a woman or I mean, I'm a woman, yeah. yeah but I'm I, I, I'm tough. That should yeah. be the right word. I'm tough, so I'm I don't I don't need to talk about this. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm good. But you're not good. I'm not good. None of us are good. Like that's that you can't hold stuff like that. And, and then, and then, and then another incident and then another incident, you pull up on an auto accident and there's a new teenage driver pinned in the car that's dying right in front of you. You can't watch that and then watch it again and watch it again and see this thing play out and it not affect you. If it doesn't affect you, you're not a human, you know? Yeah. And so it's, but that toughness this is what I've heard anyway. You're working one, but it's kind of almost perpetuated throughout the fire department, throughout the police department. Like, don't show your emotions, you know. Come yeah. on, be tough. But I think maybe that's loosening up, from what I understand. Like, like it's it, mental ill. We're all mentally ill to some extent. I mean, you, you can't do stuff like that. Um, there is definitely a changing. It's a very slow changing yeah. of the culture because we're recognizing that. Trauma is a natural response to an unnatural event. So yes. so you're supposed to feel like you feel. Right. Um, and, and there's a recognition that, hey, if we continue this pattern of saying just stuff it, yeah. because you got a job to do, just stuff it, um, then, then we're going to continue to see more and more mm-hmm. of the, the, uh, the pattern. The, and it's, you know, suicide is just the, 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 the end, that, that's the worst thing. Right. But you back up from that, and you've got uh, addictions, you've got abuse, you've got um, 
isolation, you've got marital issues, mm-hmm. family issues. I mm-hmm. mean, it is the whole gamut of things. Right. Well, it's a depressing t- conversation. But it's isn't it? true. But though. it is. Yeah. Because if we don't talk about it, who will? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, somebody listening to this now, it's identifying with them in some way. They're going, yeah, I, I, I understand that. And it's yeah. almost, there's almost a freedom. Um, yesterday I did a, you were there with me, we did a memorial mm-hmm. service and I was struck by one of the person, one of the people who spoke. Um, I started by saying, Hey, this is a place where we can express our emotion. We can, we can feel mm-hmm. the hurt and the pain. And, and it kind of struck me because one of the people that spoke said, thank you for giving me freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was kind of thinking to myself, of course, isn't it obvious, but I, yeah. but it's really not yeah. because it, again, it's that idea of you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to feel. Right. Suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah, um, that that's that's a dangerous path to go down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we have suicide in that uh, people who are traumatic experience traumatic events, and um, I don't want to be talking the whole time. I'm sorry, but no, no, the, it's, it's definitely one of the things that that we know is that traumatic events, when you stuff them, they always come up, and it always happens at the most unexpected times because. Yeah. You see these things, you stuff them, stuff them, stuff them, and then that one time where it's a little too close, you see the teenage girl in a car who's who's dead yeah. from this car wreck, and now it's your daughter you're seeing. You're right. seeing your own daughter's face, right. and you just lose it. I mean, you just you just can't you right. can't handle it, right. and can't handle it. Even saying that is is the idea of oh, aren't you tough enough? Nobody's tough enough, right? It's not possible. We're humans. The one that breaks down is actually the one responding naturally. Yes. You know. That's yes. Not, that's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what does that look like healthy, though, from a healthy perspective? To, to, to be able to break down in a safe place, to be able to break down in, in front of others and it be received. You're not looked at like a crazy. You're, you know, what does a healthy version of that look like? Because I think we're. We, we all know the stories of the unhealthy ones. What is uh, outside of a counselor, which is a great healthy yeah. option, are there other healthy options? Definitely. And part of it is having, well, I guess I just answered my question. Part of it's having the freedom to be able to say, <clears throat> I can't go any further. Yeah. The other day, last week, I was training, um, doing some checkoffs for fire uh, training. And me and another guy, we had to advance a charge line, which is a fire hose, a two-inch uh, and three-quarter hose full of water. Water's eight pounds per gallon. We had 150 feet of this hose that we had to pull through a building on our hands and knees, up a ladder, through a window, around the room, and down the stairwell. Mm-hmm. We got to the ladder, and every—I was spent— I had shake. I had the shakes. Mm-hmm. I was. I was, um, like it was almost like a light switch hit. I was done. There's no more. Yeah. Everything in me said, "You can't stop now." What are they going to say? Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna. You're gonna. You're. You're not gonna hold your weight. And then it hit me. I'm no good to any. I'm yeah. no good to them. If they have to rescue me now. Right. And so I said, "I. I'm done. I can't do it." And mm-hmm. thankfully, the guys were reasonable enough they go yeah that's cool yeah and and i i'm saying that to say you have to have self-awareness enough mm-hmm. and it has to be you have to stuff your pride is what you got to stuff and that's say right. look i can't 
because mm-hmm. you're not good to anybody. Yeah. Broken. Now, yeah. You're now, just now not. You need help. Now they yeah. have to rescue you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to do. You have to be able to say, I can't. Um, and I, that, I know we're, that goes against everything that is manly. This, we, we talk about the ditch all the time, you know, but we live in a culture where we're like, man, yeah, these, these yeah. millennials are too soft, you know, yeah. and, and that, that's not what we're talking about. No, you know? no. But so, and then the other ditch is this, you know, it's, I'm picturing the Jack Palance and city slickers, you know, smoking a cigarette, you know, I eat. For breakfast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. That's the other. Extreme. Oh, I thought you. Were, I eat breakfast three no, miles from I don't the enemy. What he, I think I think said a bad word, but I don't remember exactly. But, <laughs> but you know, that's that's the two ditches there. So we're not saying you have to be all soft and wishy washy. No, it's just you know, in your situation, you had pulled your weight. You'd pulled the weight of that hose for a long time. You literally were spent, and you had got to the end of yourself, um, and then you said it. So I think that's the. You're still still working. You're still working your tail off. I mean, it's, you're still doing what you got to do, but then you're also recognizing I'm at my limit here. And and, and so that was physical. We do the same thing now with, with emotions yeah. and with the mental. Um, so you ever heard of a SOG man? S O G? No. You know, it amazes me that everybody I ask this question to, they say no. Shouldn't amaze me because it actually was classified for 25 years after the Vietnam. They finally declassified it, and some guys talk about it. A Sogman is a, a, I think, it's special operations group. In Vietnam, the Vietnam War, they started this uh, designation of people, voluntary, totally voluntary. You went in and you did top secret missions that were missions that you probably weren't going to live from or li- live through. And you, you could volunteer for as many as you wanted. But but what, what I love about this is that listening to a SOG man talk about his experiences, he said everybody knew that when you were done, you simply said, I'm done. And you walked away with your head held high with no shame, no regret, no judgment from everybody else. Because everybody else knows that everybody has a breaking point. And I thought to myself... That is the kind of culture that we've got to have as, 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 as people. Right. Understanding that this is a hard thing. And so yeah. for someone to say, hey, I need help, that's actually a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. Right. Uh, go look it up, and, and I'm not even sure how much you'll find on it. Yeah. If you'll remind me, I'll find this guy's okay. stories. Um, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Sogmen were usually the runts of the litter. Mm-hmm. They were the guys who you would expect to never be able to do what they did. These are guys who get mm-hmm. shot and stabbed and still rescue a whole platoon. Wow. I mean, just incredible, incredible yeah. stories. Um, let, can we switch gears just a yeah. little bit? Actually, yeah. What about the the guy who's not dealing with trauma? They're right. just dealing with loneliness, right. worth, value. What, what do we say to a person like that? You start with the obvious. I mean, it's, yeah, you do have value. You do have worth. I mean, you start there. I mean, I know that's not enough just to hear that, but it is a start. Um, then they've me saying it is a start, but them internalizing it is the key. Um, so to that person, they've got to uh, find that worth, find that value um, within themselves. Well, part of it, like you're talking about with identity, 
when for this particular group, what pops in mind are the ones who loses their business or, um, you know, the, the financial gurus who lose everything every time the stock market crashes, you know, the, the the big one, uh, pre-World War II, there were so many deaths Mm -hmm. that suicides that happened because of uh, loss of finances. And when, when finances become our identity, and, and we don't have them or our job becomes our identity and we don't have it anymore. You know, you've, you've been with the company for 20, 30 years and you're, you're thrown out like your garbage, uh, your identity. And, and when, when our identity is, is things other than Christ, then yeah, it, that becomes a huge struggle. Yeah. And when to get to that situation, it, well, okay. So we're talking about suicide, but for the one not even contemplating suicide now, there's so such preparation you can do in making sure your identity is in Christ, or even for the non-Christian that you know, family and relationship. I mean, like there's just there's things, other things in this world than you know, than your money, <laughs> yeah. your job, I, your I, yeah. But I, I think. I think every single one of these topics go back to an identity as part of the foundation of it. I agree. Even with the first group that we were talking about, it's an identity issue as well. You know, uh, I, I I can't handle, I'm not made for this, but our identity truly is what makes or breaks us so many times for, for, for many instances anyway, not all of them. I mean, because you also get, you know, you got the debt, you got the suicides dealing with terminal illness. Yeah. That's a whole topic in and up. Yeah, I thought about that one a minute ago. And because some of them are in chronic pain, and I mean, like that's that is another whole category, probably. But you also have the suicides, um, which which it is that in that category of people who feel worthless and their identity's messed up. But um, there's a high, high percentage of those who have been sexually abused or raped. I want to say it's like twenty to twenty five percent somewhere in there who have either, you know, at least attempted um, suicide after. Traumatic experience like that, um, but that but that leads to an identity crisis. You know, I'm I'm not worthy. I'm not. Um, I, the big question on the tables for us is how do we help someone like that feel that they are worthy? I mean, I, I know I know the answer is is Christ. I, I know, yeah. but I mean, how do we help them see that answer? Yeah, um, because it it's a. Um, a, like like a self defeating process, I can say all I want. Hey, you are valuable, right. but if you don't feel worth or value, you have a very narrow view. You have a very narrow window. So all of my words are just words because what you would say is, yeah, you you say that, but that's for everybody but me, and so you you become very isolated right. and very lonely, and and you're not able to hear and see truth which is part of why I do think that prayer for people who are in the situation is incredibly powerful. Yeah. It's And the prayer is, God, open up their hearts to be able to see truth. Open up their, their spiritual eyes to be able to see what you are doing in them and how you're working in them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think it's the grace of God. Um, th- that sounds simplistic, but, right. but I really do believe that praying for somebody... To, for God to reveal Himself is a, and I'm talking from the person not who's the 
press from you know from everybody else how do you help yeah uh, no, we, right exactly that's what the question and let's be honest the evil one glories in this topic oh absolutely he loves it he wants to take out as many people as as possible because if he takes them out before they're a Christ follower he's they belong to him forever and if he takes them out after they're a Christ follower, or at least they're not making a difference against his campaign. So the evil one wants to take out both sides as soon as possible, and that's part of his agenda is to still kill and destroy. Kill. That's yeah. the third. That's the second one. Still yeah. kill and destroy. That's his M.O. That's objective. So yeah. suicide, if he can get get any person, young people, I mean, why on earth are the top, are the are the statistics so high for whatever that teenage number was up to the early 30s that you, yeah. you know? Because he wants to take them out before they can do what God's called them, created them to do. Well, because, and okay, takes the teenage student, you know, he, he killed them, but he destroyed the parents. I mean, yeah. so it's it's a multiple, it's a shotgun approach. He's getting a lot of people in the fallout of this thing. Benny, Not necessarily destroyed them, by the way, but because people do come yeah. back from And that, generations but. to come. And Right. Oh, yeah. How, so it is ama- it is staggering to me to, to know when I start looking at this, how many families have generational repeats of suicide yeah. and i don't i can't explain that other than say there's something spiritual there it has to be that that is this generational curse curse yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean that's yeah. a that's a reality yeah. um benny prophet uh if i'm not if i'm not mistaken shout out benny prophet um he was explaining how the enemy works his his mode of of dis- destruction he starts with the head if he can't get the head so for a family unit, if he can't get the head, he's going to go with the 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 the, the next the, with the wife. And if he can't get the wife, he's going to go to the children. And so at any of those levels, if he can get any one of them, mm-hmm. he's going to wreak crazy havoc on a family. Right. And it's no surprise that strong, uh, a lot of times strong fam strong parents are wrestling with with the child right. dealing with all of these issues. Yeah. Because the enemy knows that if he can't get the top, mm-hmm. he's going to go on down to the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Um, because any disruption is disruption. Um, to, to jump back for just a moment, I was listening to a uh, uh, guy speak this morning on, on YouTube. And he was a Navy SEAL. And um, he was talking about, he was not a believer at the time, but he was talking about how pretty much nobody thought he would make it through the SEAL training. But when he made it through SEAL training, he was awarded that, uh, that medal. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. He said, to give you an idea of how awful it is and how hard it is, in his class that went through SEAL training, 140 started, 13 of them became SEALs. So that's a huge, huge dropout rate. He said the last five days is called Hell Week. You get four hours of sleep in the entire five days. Wow. Um, but he said that as he was being awarded this this seal designation, mm-hmm. he was empty. He was so empty because he thought to himself, I've achieved what nobody thought I would mm-hmm. achieve. Now what? Yeah, how can I feel this? And it's actually a, a phenomenon called um, a rival fallacy. Mm. And it happens all the time. People yeah. have this idea of this, if I can get this, my life will be complete. Right. And then they get there and they go, yeah. wait, this doesn't feel yeah. like I think it should feel. Yeah. That's kind of what we're talking about in terms of identity. How many celebrities we know that have yeah. major drug addictions and people or commit suicide? Billions of dollars. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, think about that. How many? How many comedians? 
who made the world laugh actually died at their own hand. Staggering number, either either through suicide or through addiction. Chris Farley, one of the funniest guys on the planet. I thought he no no, but his drug addiction. Okay, I mean he OD'd, didn't he? I think so. So I mean, in a sense, that is suicide to to a degree. Anyways, you you killed yourself by by just indulging. I mean, I I guess that's a stretch, but so well so earlier you said prayer i would add to that um people as well um robin williams i don't i don't know but i I imagine he was probably isolated when he wasn't on the stage um very lonely people are so important in this equation too i preached a sermon i think i preached in the youth room but and the phrase i use which is not original to me i don't know where i heard it first but it was right voices right choices basically the voices that you put in yourself from other people, from the Word of God, the voices you hear, that's the choices you're going to make. Um, so the right voices in our lives are so and so important. And no voices is it's horrible, but even but then wrong voices are horrible, are even more bad. Um, but you got to have those right people around. Okay, you. let's we're about out of time, so let's dig into that aspect for just a second, because if I if I know that I need right voices for right choices, yet nobody understands me. And I feel isolated. That's not true, but that's a but, but feeling. No, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Nobody understands me. I feel isolated, even though I'm around people. Where where does the vulnerability? How do I? How do I, as somebody who's struggling with that, what's the next step? So, because the person who's struggling, goodness, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's, like it's a, a circle. circle yeah, yeah. So they're not hearing it, but it is the right voice. Right. But so I'm all alone. I'm in a crowd of people. Yeah, but to that person, they've as best they can. I mean, that's, I, I know what you're saying. They've got to continue to put themselves in the right voices. That's that really is the only answer. I mean, like they've got to be around the right voices, around people who at least they have the enough to say. I don't agree with them. I think they're stupid, but they're saying the right thing. You know, if they're saying the right things, they're saying the right things. <laughs> that's the right voice that they need to be around. Um, you know, <laughs> this is a horrible illustration, but when I went through breakups back in the day, you know, the thing you didn't <laughs> want to do is go listen to country music, you know, oh, that's why true. I'm breaking up, but it's, that's the wrong voice for the situation. You want the right voice. It's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it, you know, you'll get through this. I, I, that's a very mild example of somebody who's struggling with something very serious like suicide. But, um, but I think that's what people do. They, they, they can start listening to the wrong voices and keep listening to the wrong voices. In my mind, I'm singing the song from Casting Crowns, Voice of Truth. Yeah. Um, oh, what I would do to have yep. kind of faith that tears came. But I'm in the crashing waves, stepping under. Yeah. So, but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, yeah. reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves, they keep telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win, you'll never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. That is the bottom line. There are two voices, the voice of truth and the voice of lies. And that voice of truth is spoken through the Spirit of God and through the Word of God and through prayer. But it's also spoken through people that love you. We are administrators of God's grace. Mm -hmm. I cannot get over that. How have I never seen that before? One of the one of the things I'm always telling teenagers, 
surround yourself with godly people who will encourage you, equip you, and point you to Jesus. So, and and that's that's anybody who's dealing with just depression, much because depression. I don't. It doesn't start with suicide. Right. It, the first thought's the depression, which leads to suicide. Now again, I'm not a doctor, but progressively, yeah. it doesn't just. Up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a suicide mm-hmm. day. Uh, it's it's you know I'm depressed, and that keeps keeps going on and on and on until the, the suicide thoughts. But you know, so who you choose to surround yourself, what are the influences that are whispering in your ear? Is it the media? Is it social media? Is it the world? Is it the culture? Or is it something that's God-centric, Christ-centric, that's going to help you? And and that's it's a choice that we make. The, the voices that we listen to are our choice. And this circles all the way back around to the importance of the body of Christ. And I can't wait until there's a crisis to be... No plugged in and engaged with the people of God. Because we're going to let you down if you're only waiting until your crisis, because it's not going to be good enough, quick enough, fast enough. And we're not going to know. Exactly. Right. And there, Because, look, we, we engage in relationship, and relationships have to be built. They're not automatic. So as we wrestle through those things and as we learn to trust each other, that is the foundation of being able to say, hey, I need you now. Oh, I'm going to be there. Because yeah. we've walked through hell together. Yeah. I know you can trust me, and you know I can trust you. So many times the church is illustrated as a hospital, and that is a horrible idea. You're right. Because the only people that stay in the hospital are, are the— Well, no, the six people, they get well and they leave, or they die. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The only people that stay in the hospital are the workers. Well, that's the staff people at the church. You know, so if the, the only time you go to the hospital— is when there's a crisis in your hurt, and then you get better and you leave. That's true. That is Good. not what the church is supposed to be, or that's not what the church is. And so if you wait until you're only sick and hurting, guess what? When I get better, I'm going to check out. Yeah. And then you're going to get sick again, and you get, oh, well, it's the church's responsibility to help me, and then I, I'm well again, I'm going to check out until I get hurt again. That's that's not the model. Yeah. Wow. Never ceases to amaze me how everything circles back to the local church. Yeah. I mean, it really does. I'm more convinced now than I've ever been before how important it is. And I think we have to make the distinction. We're not talking about the meeting. We're talking no. about the people of God. There because are, you can have a church and not be the church. There are numerous, <laughs> numerous by at least a handful I know of over the last few years, people I've followed on Twitter and stuff, prominent High-profile uh, pastors, theologians, committed suicide over this last few years. Yeah, they know the Word of God. They yeah. know so. It, it, I, there was mental illness going on in a lot of these situations, but um, it's it, it's sad. Some of these were family people. I mean, just you know, goodness. I I, I feel like I just opened another can, but but people, you got to be around people, and 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 then you got to speak. We got to speak up, you know, and yeah. and, and be truthful. So, and I would say this too, um, Elijah, after the Mount Carmel thing, depressed, and what, what, what was the instructions from the angel? Better that I would have never been born. Yeah, but what what were the (laughs) instructions to him after that was eat, (laughs) sleep, sleep. (laughs) and and that's, but that's, you know, that's, that's good practical advice. So, but notice the angel had to tell him. Yeah, the angel did have to. He he ha- was, and he had to listen and do it. He was in a very, very dark place. This is why it's so hard to deal with this topic, because no one thing is going to fix it. You can't fix it yourself, and I can't fix it for you. It yeah. really is a team approach going, hey, 
let's recognize where we are let's yeah. let's set out a path and let's walk together in this and to that person that's there take the next step don't yeah. worry about the big picture that mm-hmm. we'll fix it in the big picture but take that next step eat <laughs> yeah <laughs> take a nap do what you got to do find somebody well i feel like we could go on for hours yep. um my, I'm very passionate about this. My heart just—it's uh, it, like this this bottomless well of of concern. I really am concerned for people, um, and I really am amazed even now at how God rescues others mm-hmm. from others. You know, not mm-hmm. from, but but through others, just at the right place at the right time. So I have no doubt somebody listening to this right now. Um, is going to say, this is exactly for me. Look, that's not because of us in this room. It's because God chose to be that way. And you know, for the one listening that has been down this road, the three of us have not really, you mentioned earlier, maybe, but not, we've never really been suicidal or anything. But the one who has and have overcome that, man, you have an speak incredible, up. you have a voice yeah. that can speak directly to these other people. Then Use the voice that God has given you now. That's a ministry. God is going to use that for you. And with that, Brent, you got any closing thoughts? I think I've Guardians sure of the Galaxy. <laughs> Interesting choice of outfit today. <laughs> See mine? You look like you're at camp. I like it. Um, hey, it's practically summer. <laughs> it is In summer. Ministry wise, we're. It's... Joshua uh, has one more class, uh, college class online. So this is his last wow. day. Then he has one class at the high school he goes to each day, and it's it's a voluntary class. <laughs> Basically, so no. he's pretty much. I was he's reminiscing about what it was like. I distinctly remember the feeling of school's out. Oh yeah, senioritis. Oh my goodness, it's a real thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you start all over again, and then you start all mm-hmm. over again. By the way, congratulations to Brent Allen, master's degree, oh, officially yeah. graduated. Awesome. That was uh, that's a good deal. How long did it take you to get that degree? Twenty something. Twenty years. something years. Hey, you finished it. You finished it, man. Well done. Very You're a well doctor. Done. We don't call you doctor, but we should. Yeah. But if we do start calling you doctor, we really master? should call it two of them. Yeah, <laughs> Master Kevin, Master Brent, Doctor and Master. I think I'd rather be Master than Doctor. Uh, this sounds cool, uh, Master Brent. Well mm-hmm. done. So we're gonna we're gonna end this here. Thank you for listening to Message Christianity. We hope that you've been blessed by it. We hope that you'll share this and then uh, subscribe. And uh, leave some comments. That would be helpful to us. See you on the board. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. If you want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.